there is nothing more satisfying than seeing Esteban Ocon fuck up so many times to the point I have a list. Okay, you take us through the list. First penalty was an inaccurate start position, which accumulates to a five-second time penalty. Overshot the grid box. (laughs) Basically. The criteria Latifi needs to do to get where he's on, not get last. (laughs) Oh, Spa's back and lights out and away we go. (laughs) And Lewis Hamilton is halfway to space. (laughs) Personally go IndyCar over Williams. Yeah, basically. (laughs) Grosjean Zoo. Guan Yu Zhou. Guan Yu Zhou. Guan Yu. That's what I said that the first time. George was already sitting in that seat. Look, I don't agree with it, but you've asked a question. I'm trying to find a way to justify it. I'm just trying to absolutely tear your answer apart. G'day and welcome to Formula Bums. My name is Jacko. With me is Andy. How are you, mate? I'm all right. I'm still tired after the last week. It's been a big week for you, but in good news, racing is back. Look, motherfuckers, why was it at 2 a.m. our time? Why the fuck was it at 2 a.m.? It was at midnight last year. And next, the next fucking race is at 4 a.m. <laughs> oh, like, the broadcast started at 12.30, and I was like, oh, 12.30, you know, that means the race will probably kick off at 1. And then I Googled it because I stupidly was like, well, I'll stay up. No, 2 a.m. 2 a.m. I was like, fuck that. I'm going to bed. I'll watch it in the morning. I did too. I was like... I- I'm going to bed. I'll wake up at 5 a.m., watch it before work. Woke up at 5 a.m., instantly went, I don't even like the sport that much. I'm going back to sleep. Went back to sleep and then took the day off work. Not a sickie, actual leave. Don't anyone be telling my boss, but genuine day off and then watched it. Let's get straight into it. Um, it's a review. Let's start with the news. Like That's our flow because there's only one big piece of news that came out over the weekend. And I think it's important that we discuss it. Yeah, go for it. Toto Wolf has admit Mercedes are fucked up. <laughs> they not only that, it's the, I think the first time ever that they're like, "Oh yeah, we're actually going to change our car." <laughs> like genuine walking back on what they've done. This well, I think whole it's because of Lewis. I think it's because of Lewis. Lewis was yeah. very unhappy with the car. They were still so far behind the Red Bulls. It wasn't funny. So I guess we're going to see a Mercedes Red Bull in a few weeks. You know what? I think it's going to take until probably, I don't know, maybe the mid-season break for them to fully pull this off. Aston, you know, Mercedes hasn't been developing two chassis like Aston was allegedly last year. I got more news on that. What? No, I was like, let's talk about Mercedes, but I got more news that I've, I've recently read about this whole Aston Martin, Dan Fallow situation. Okay, yeah, look, my talk on Mercedes is, I guess it's inevitable. Taking that second year of going, you know what, we really think we can actually make this design concept work and be effective, wasn't crazy. What was crazy is realizing that, oh, with a year of evolution for the the winning formula, they've extended on us so much further. Like, the porpoising's better, the speed's better than it was last year. They've all gained time. But it turned out Red Bull's philosophy is just so much quicker any way you look at it. So I don't think it was a poor choice to stick with the no side pod design. I actually think it's an incredibly smart choice to now go, all right, well, we gave it the best chance we could. It's not working. Let's make it different. I just think it's funny. They didn't even get to the race and they were admitting, that, yeah, this car's <laughs> fucked. I mean, from the first practices, 
we saw we saw that it wasn't where they wanted it to be. Still hilarious to me. Look, I I do think it is quite funny, but I also think that because they are Mercedes, they're also dealing with it in like the really intelligent way they deal with most things, except for their second drivers. Toto Wolf will be doing exactly what I feel like Trent Robinson should be doing to the Sydney Roosters this week, getting an extension cord and whipping the shit out of anyone that works there except for two stars. Andy? It's for bums on the bench. I love you, my brother, but that is for our other show. We've got to give the people what they told us to give them, (laughs) which is Formula One. (laughs) I'm just... No, I was relating it to Formula One by saying... Toto is going to have the extension whip, whipping the shit out of all his employees to get that car designed as quickly and as effectively as possible. Oh, 100%, man. When they did their end of Bahrain water fight that they do every year, he boiled the kettle this year. I have no doubt about that. Okay, fantastic. Well, we've made some changes to how we talk about the teams this year. Last year, Andy and I would sit down every afternoon and try to think of a cool way to tell everyone about it. This year, we're going to talk about the constructors each week from last to first. So not race position, but World Constructors Championship, because allegedly it means something, from back to front. So that means today we're talking about Williams. No, we're not. No, we're not. I'm on 2022s. Whoops. Today we're, we're talking we're about talking. McLaren. <laughs> <laughs> I was on the wrong year. Wow. I was, like, I was like, Williams didn't get eight points. That's crazy. <laughs> We're talking about McLaren. Man, they are well behind the eight ball, aren't they? It was a very disappointing week for McLaren in general. Both you and I were excited about some of the misfortune, but for different reasons. I came up with a phallic nickname for Piastri too. So there is some good news for uh, for McLaren. What is it? Little P. Piastri. I hate it, and I hate you. He will graduate to a big P piastri when he finally does something. <laughs> Look, it wasn't. But in that McLaren, fault. in that McLaren, he will be a little P piastri. No, he won't. He's my boy. He's my boy. Look, let's no, Danny is big Danny's dick. Danny still Rick. My boy. He's always uh, the boy. But he's my he's my Aussie boy who's racing at the moment because God knows doing ain't doing shit at the moment. <laughs> If you watched it, Valtteri's our do- Valtteri's a adopted Aussie. He's doing better. He's the Aussie for it. the year. I'll take it. I look, that's a fair statement. Qualifying for McLaren was, was abysmal. Was abysmal. I mean, look, they've even said the car's not good. Oh, Zach Brown was sitting there wasting so much airtime by being like, "Oh, well, you know, we're not quite where we want to be, and we we think things will get better. We're bringing updates in the next couple of weeks." Yeah, Zach. So is everybody else. <laughs> like, it's not happening for them this year. Piastri they're going to have a lot of time. I was going to say, they're going to have a lot of time in that wind tunnel they're making for next year. Uh, you know what? They, they're going to have the most time in the wind tunnel. Oscar started in 18th. That's because uh, Gasly got penalties. He had a lap deleted from qualifying. So Oscar started in 18th position and Lando started in 11th. So, and Lando, Lando being, a, I was gonna say Lando being eleventh was the only good news this whole weekend for McLaren. Oh, look, it it went severely downhill directly after that. Oscar had a really good first lap though. 
He like did? He, he made places, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So his pace, once he began driving that car into race conditions, looked okay. It didn't ever look like it was going to be a points finish. However, he looked like he he made, I think, two or three places in the first two corners. That kid's an incredible driver. Like, we've spoken about his junior record before, but I want to bring it up again. Most talented junior we've seen since Max, and he's even done more things than Max has done. Four comps in a row. Yeah, uh, but... After that, though, didn't look too crash hot for him. Lando had, like, five pit stops, didn't he? To, he for did, so air. To yeah, top up the hydraulics. Yeah, so part of the pneumatic actuators for the hydraulic system. Because you're not what allowed was to top up oil. No. Can you, can you explain to me what, why didn't they just retire and save the engine? This is the one time you can come on the radio and be like, guys, just retire the engine. Let's save it. The only thing I could possibly think of, th- the reason to leave him out there is the car's not good to drive. So if you collect data about how it performs under a race condition, because eventually... I mean, they they soft retired him, right? Like he wasn't no, cooking. He it. finished. He, he finished. finished. But when I say a soft retirement, down. yeah, when I say soft retirement, they weren't like we need to go out there and you need to like unlap yourself and get back in there. They just went, just go back out there and drive it. Did just did you actually see what's did happening. you, Jack? Did you even watch the end of the race? He was fighting Hamilton trying to get the lap back. Yeah, and Hamilton. So this soft retirement thing's a load of crap. He was fighting a Mercedes he shouldn't have been fighting. There's no such thing as soft retirement when you're fighting a Mercedes. I will support any person who soft retires and decides to try and take Lewis Hamilton out, first of all. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Well, he didn't try to. He tried to cleanly pass him. Which was nice, but look, shocking weekend for McLaren all around. Terrible. Terrible. Who was next? Haas. Okay. Arsa's weekend can be summed up with Nico being really good in qualifying and then getting hit in the race. Yeah, and having like significant front wing damage for the rest of the race until they changed it. No, didn't they just leave it? Because he was pretty slow the whole race. They left it for most of it. Why didn't you change it like as soon as it happened? No. Nah. Um, I think it was just keep going, mate. See what you can do with it. It wasn't because nothing came... Like, a piece came off it, but then it seemed relatively stable. I don't know, man. It's Haas. They make weird decisions all the bloody time. They'd probably save him money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, he started in 10th. Didn't do well after that. Like, just straight towards the back. Pace looked all right in some areas. Like, once they changed the wing, he came out and got faster slap, which ended up getting taken off him. But, you know what I mean? There was still signs. The Haas had pace. It was just K-Mag was stuck in the pack and really couldn't get himself out. And Nico, unfortunately, was hitting the opening lap. And after that, it was pretty much back to the back of the pack, like back to familiar grounds for Haas. Yeah, look, familiar grounds, which I don't think is indicative of the performance we're going to see come from these cars. No. And I believe K-Mag's lap in qualifying was affected somehow. With, like, the debris. Remember how there's that brief red flag for a piece of debris? I didn't watch qualifying. I did. So, I think... I don't know I was if in it Queensland. Was for a long time. <laughs> you, yeah, you were working. There was, at one point, a red flag for a piece of debris that wasn't on the racing line, and it affected, like, six drivers flying lap in Q1, I want to say it was, which is when he went out. 
I'll have to take your word for it because I didn't watch it. Yeah, so I think he was one of the laps. I'm, I'm going to go out and limb and say, yeah, it's K-Mank. He's a quick driver. Like, he's got some real pace there, and the Haas is okay. Not a good weekend, but also, like, first weekend of the year, and it wasn't, it wasn't because they were just slow. Like, they still made passes. They were still doing things on track, even though things went wrong for them. But, yeah, not where they wanted to be for their first week. I'm thinking no. they're going to we'll see some good shit next time. Then we had Alpha Tauri, also on zero points. Man. What's your take? New team? That's, that car sucks. Yeah. That Nick car DeVries. just... Nick, Nick can drive the wheels off anything, and Nick was towards the back the majority of the race. He was up the front every now and then after like when the pit stops were out of sequence. But yep. other than that, that... Oh, it can be chalked up to one thing. That Alpha Tauri sucks. They really, really haven't adapted to well these conditions. Nick qualified 19th and Yuki nope. qualified 14th. Yeah. And Yuki we expect to sort of just fizzle out. So. Yeah, I did too. However, I saw, and I know this. you're not going to love this because you hate when I go, this is what I feel. But I had a feeling. He looked confident in that car. And I know he only did 57 laps. Like, it's the first race. But for me, I don't know. Just every time I saw it, he was making moves. He got it to 11th. It's a 57-lap race, so he finished the race, is what you, yes. you should have said. Yes, he finished the race. Not a lap down. <laughs> He's the last person to not be lapped. <laughs> um, which is better than last year, man. Only 10 cars were lapped. Uh, nine cars were lapped. Um, no points. Oh, I think upgrades are going to be their only saviour this year and Nick DeVries. That's my take on them. Once Nick gets acclimatised to the car, I feel like it'll do... He'll do a bit better in it like Yuki and he will eventually beat Yuki this year. Yep. But man, that car right now is just a uh, turd on wheels. Not good. Next team coming in at seventh overall was Williams Mercedes on one point. You know what? That, they did really well this weekend. They did, didn't they? I, I'm, um, I want to say they went past my expectations in a couple of different ways. I'll, okay, I'll go with my experience with Williams for this race. I was keeping a close eye on them because I was very curious about how their upgrades have gone. And what, what caught my eye was Logan was always right near Albon. He wasn't 16 seconds behind him. And they made but, up, what, four or five places on lap one? And they slowly yep. but surely made their way through to the field where we expected them to be last year. So what's the... When we look at teammates, we always say within two-tenths of your teammate is acceptable, right? Yes. Logan qualified within two-tenths of Alex Albon. Yes. It might have been at the back of the grid. 15th but it was 16th. St- yeah, it's still not that bad. Like, Albon went to Q, um, Q2 and Logan didn't. Yep. Not a bad not not bad for your first uh week in an F one car. And the only reason Logan didn't go to Q two is he got the exact same time as Lando Norris, but Lando Norris did it first, which meant Lando got the position in Q two. That's it. They qualified for Q two in the exact same time and Lando got it because he did it first. That is the only difference. So we can essentially say that well Logan did make Q two with Albon as well. Time-wise. Yeah. Um, race-wise, good. Really good. Albon sneaked through and got the last point. 
Logan Sargent finished in 12th. Very good for your first race in a Williams. That car oh, is... Oh, definitely. That car's heaps better than it's ever been in the last five, six years. They're only going to get better. It's working. It's working. And I'm I'm super excited for the year ahead that these two boys have because, one, I love Alexander Albon. Two, Logan Sargent seems like a good young kid. I don't think we've ever heard anything negative against him. Yeah, not a massive amount of points, but good, right? I'm 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 still stoked. S- still points. That that's what I'm saying is still points. It doesn't matter if it's one or twenty five. You still got something over the three teams that didn't. Absolutely, as a, and we'll just, I mean, keep watching them. They're going to get better. Upgrades are going to help them. They've got great leadership, and they'll keep pushing. Next team we get to talk about, though, now this is going to be a fun one for both you and I. Oh, this I know exactly which team this is coming to. Alpine. Now, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? There is nothing more satisfying than seeing Esteban Ocon fuck up so many times to the point I have a list. Okay, you take us through the list. First penalty was an inaccurate start position, which accumulates to a five-second time penalty. Overshot the grid box. (laughs) Basically. His second offence. Stewards have reviewed the video evidence of car 31, and guess who did not serve that five-second penalty? Therefore, a 10-second penalty has been added to Esteban Ocon. Now, was that when they didn't complete the five seconds properly because yeah. they worked on his car. Yeah, so he pulled in and they initially went to put the things in to remove the front wing and then had to pull them out. Disqualifies the five-second pit stop. Yeah, yep. So got a 10-second on top of that. <laughs> so now now he's been penalised 15 seconds, theoretically. <laughs> and then, after serving the 10-second penalty, he speeds in the lane, constituting <laughs> another five-second <laughs> penalty. Oh, and then had a sook on the radio about it, being like, I've been doing this my whole career, which is what, like three years? Um, Do you know what the speed was that he was clocked at? I know what the speed pit limit is. I don't yeah, know what so what is it? What it's, What is it then? Is it 70 k's an hour? It's 80 k's an hour. He was clocked at 80.1 k per hour. Oh, no. (laughs) 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 Oh, no. Like, I hate to defend Ocon at all, but, like, please, he's already dead. (laughs) just They're kicking him while he's down. Like, here's the thing. Fernando has a button on his steering wheel that is clearly a steward's penalty button because he was just hammering that all race. Another one. Another one. Another <laughs> one. They He got nailed. It ended up making him finish. He, well, didn't, he didn't even finish. He didn't finish. <laughs> they retired. He retired the car because he was 25 seconds behind Norris. Yeah, and and Norris was two laps down. <laughs> and Norris's car didn't work properly. <laughs> it was my hands down. That is now my... Second favourite Esteban Ocon moment of all time. The first one was when Max called him a pussy. (laughs) And then we get to talk about someone I'm a massive fan of, Pierre Gasly. The man himself. I was worried going into the race. Look. 
starting P20 in an Alpine, which clearly has some pace to it, right? Because he ended up yeah. finishing ninth. in ninth place. Like, that is a mega drive from for a anybody mega person. I mean, like, Ocon, worst race in history. Pierre Gasly, this is one of his best races, and it wasn't really noticed on the broadcast. Mind you, there was a bit going on to talk about. Like, you know it's bad when it comes to your drive when the commentators are laughing at you live about all your penalties. Like, <laughs> I think they got, they even at one point, Crofty's like, okay, so he's had another one. No, Martin, we're not going to talk about it. We're just going to move on because I think they got in <laughs> trouble for laughing at him by a producer because they were cacking themselves to be like, he's had another one. <laughs> and yeah, Pierre Gasly. Couldn't have happened to a nicer bloke though. Nope, not at all. It could, the only nicer person, I think, on the grid apart from him is Lando Norris. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gazzy nailed it. Two points. Fantastic. I mean, yes, it's not competing for podiums where they want to be, but starting last isn't what they planned either. He had a lap deleted, which was his the lap he, which would have put him up the grid. So he No, right because he, he would have been P17 even if that lap wasn't deleted. All oh, right. Yeah, okay. So, so he didn't he wasn't quick in qualifying. So he's put it together in the race like an absolute champ and it's very clear who the number one driver is. Oh. I mean, <laughs> they I don't think they've told Ocon yet, but if he doesn't figure it out soon, I think the stewards told him who the number one driver was today. They're like, <laughs> "Shut up, buddy. You don't even go here." Fifth place in the constructors championship. Sauber, Alfa Romeo. That's thanks to one man, the adopted Aussie. The adopted Aussie, possibly who had a your favourite Australian Aussie. He had a fucking blinder of a start. He jumped from P12 to P8. Sure, he dropped back a few laps later, but it was an absolute belter of a start. Fantastic start. Awesome looking car. Awesome looking dude. As well, it's the Qualified mullet. It makes 12th. him more aerodynamic. It is. It it does it. It provides high speed stability, which is what they were missing last year. It's why Joe finished sixteenth. No mullet. No mullet. No mullet. Joe. The only thing I really remember he, of him on the broadcast is he finished with fastest lap. That's it. Right at the end, he got the fastest lap, which says two things to me. One, that car has more pace than Joe was able to get out of it for the length of the race. And secondly, Bottas, fantastic. Four points. Eighth place. Like, yeah, it wasn't to the level of like what the Aston Martin's up to. But from where they were the last couple of years, significant improvement. If they can get both drivers into that top 10 regularly, they're looking really good. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's a very good team for Audi to sort of take over. I mean, I tell you what, they're putting in so much work to make to give Audi a good start in the sport as well, aren't they? Like that's if you're if you're purchasing a team, that's what you want to see. You want to see a team coming up. There's only one other team on the grid that's sort of in that position right now. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And uh, that was the funnily enough, that was the last team that was bought out recently, which was on its up and up when it got bought out too. Yes, but yeah, I look, I will do anything to see Valtteri Bottas have a successful year. I think he's. A perfect man. Seeing him happy and doing well is fine. It's such a nice-looking car, TV director. It'd be nice if you could show us a little bit fucking more of it on the telly, please. And that's Alfa Romeo. <laughs> that's it, right? We didn't see much. 
Yeah, pretty much. Who's Ferrari. next? Ferrari. Uh, look, I guess Charles didn't sound as angry this year. <laughs> like well, he didn't sound that bad. It wasn't Ferrari fucking Ferrari. It was his engine fucking him. Yeah, yeah. But... It was not good. But in saying that, Ferrari really Ferrari Carlos' strategy. Yeah, they really didn't know what to do. I think it sounded like they had a plan for every situation except for being stuck in no man's land. Like I think... I think they had one plan and they were like, yep, plan A. We're doing plan A. We, that's what our situation is. We're doing plan A. And plan A was soft to hard to hard. Yes. And it just wasn't the strategy this year. It, it wasn't the strategy this year. Their qualifying results were good. They locked out the second row of the grid. Uh, they were very close to each other. Like Carlos was one-tenth behind Charles. That's really good. Like all signs leading up to the race was... Yep, you guys are in a really competitive position. I don't think anyone expected or expected the ease of Red Bull coming out and just disappearing, right? Like, But in saying that, I don't think Ferrari really thought it through. Because there was a point. There was a point in the race where Martin and... Sorry, Crafty and Brindle were having a discussion because there was a few things I want to bring up about those two after we get through the race. And they were talking about, if you're Ferrari, what do you do in this situation? You've just told Charles that you're sticking to plan A. Well, why don't you change Carlos's strategy all of a sudden? Why don't you make Carlos undercut Perez? Why don't you bring Carlos in, put a fresh set of mediums or softs on or something? Do something other than the status quo and see what you can achieve doing that. And they never did, did they? They just kind of were like, nope, we're sticking to what we decided yesterday. It's sort of the the polar opposite of Ferrari last year. They were overthinking and coming up with about 45 different plans. This year they had one plan and that was the only plan they gave a shit about. And you know what? I don't knock them for doing that. However, some flexibility is needed. We only had one checking this race, which I think is a new record. There was only checking said once on the radio that we heard. I heard it twice. I heard it with the the bumps. Carlos said, why am I bumping, bouncing so much? And they said, we're checking. Focus on the race. And then there was one earlier in the race where they were asking Carlos about, um, well, Carlos was asking about how much he could push and the tyres still make it. And they're like, we are checking. He's like, if I keep this pace up, we're not, we're not going to finish. Oh, his little poetry bit. You realise that's it? Well, it rhymed. I, th- I don't think I quoted him verbatim. No, you didn't. But he, what he said verbatim rhymed. He goes, it was something along the lines of like, if I keep this up, keep this pace up, all right. It, it rhymed what he said. It got posted all over the internet being like, look at Carlos. He's just making poetry as he drives. He rhymed two of the sentences together. It worked perfectly. Look, they came through with 12 points, which was Carlos finishing fourth. Charles Engine, as you said, I, I want to say like maybe 30 times in our preseason. What do you say? Engine go bang, bang. You're right. Engine, Engine go, go bang, bang. bang. <laughs> Engine did go bang, which I thought wasn't going to happen. So I will give you credit there. You are also right about Ferrari, but the caveat is you're right about most things and also Ferrari. Whereas you're right about nothing except for Ferrari. Yes. 
Can I just bring up you? No, now that we're onto this, you told (laughs) me all preseason. No, no tire blankets. Tire blankets are gone this year. And then when I was watching the fucking pre-show, I see tire blankets on all the cars. So, and then I hear that research. Yeah, no, but then I also hear Crafty say, "Oh, they're coming out of the blankets at about seventy degrees Celsius here." Yes. So, so what? It, what does your research actually entail? And admit that I'm right. You, you are correct. No doubt Thank in my you. mind, you are correct. However, before you were correct, I was correct. I just didn't pick up on the protest all the drivers put in. 2023 was supposed to be no tire blankets. All the drivers said, "Well, that's really dangerous. We shouldn't do that." So the FIA went. Okay, we won't do that. We'll look at lowering the temperatures and phasing them out. So the tire blankets were originally at like between 90 and 100 degrees. They've been dropped. They're looking at phasing them out by 2024. Unless the drivers protest again, which they will. So at of one course point, they will. I was right. <laughs> I'm currently no longer right. <laughs> but if I actually paid attention to this sport, I would have realized that they're not doing that anymore. They've changed their minds. What do you think this race says about Ferrari season as a whole? It's too early to say anything. It's too early to say anything. But if I was to make a prediction, I feel like if we're going to be giving Ferrari shit for their strategy, it's because they're not thinking of options this year. It's going to be the the complete opposite. It's going to be the complete opposite of last year. I can't fault them for engine go bang bang. It it's not their fault. It's going to happen. Yeah, engines go bang bang, and even pre race, they they saw something in the engine and they changed the energy store. You know what I mean? Like, it's inevitable. Yeah. There's three things guaranteed in life: death, taxes, and engine go bang bang. Especially in these cars. Oh, exactly. So you can't fault that. Right now, I'm still optimistic Charles can win the championship because. The winner of the Grand Prix of Bahrain for the past few years has not won the championship. The curse. The Bahrain curse. Yes, I knew this was going to come up today. Well, it's actually a, a load of shit. The Bahrain curse. It's 2017, 2018, 2021, and that's it. And 2022. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. Every other one, fucking non... It's a non-factor. Like, fucking Lewis won in 2019, Lewis won in 2020. You know yes. what I mean? It's a new invention that it's it's what we like to call in the medical profession copium. <laughs> yes, copium. It was, I want to say, it wasn't a disaster weekend for Ferrari. No, I, it, I agree it, completely with you. If it happens another three or four times in the next three or four rounds, then we can talk about Ferrari being Ferrari again. And if you want some superstition too, this is exactly what happened to Max last year. Exactly. Took him three, went three or four rounds. Yep, and he went on to dominate the, the championship. I still think Charles Leclerc can win a championship. I don't think he's going to win it this year. That's because I'm a Max fanboy, plain and simple. I support my boy. I'm loyal. I'm like that. Tell you know, what, I want to change my prediction for world champion, and it has to do with a team that we're talking about later because we're not talking about him now. We're talking oh, about Mercedes I know what's now. Coming. We're talking about Mercedes now. Okay. First of all, before we even get into Mercedes, Woody looks sick in that vault green helmet. Yes, the the green helmet looks great, even though I hate him. The helmet's sick. Yes. Never take it off, please. 
Yeah, I, leave it you on. don't look like Woody with it on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just leave it on at all times, all media things. We'll put a microphone in there and a straw so you can eat your mashed banana or whatever it is British people eat. And we'll never have to look at you again. Okay, good haul of points for them. No one in Mercedes is happy. It's a little bit of a, a tale of it was damage. Con- it was damage control. It was. It was qualifying. Uh, qualifying, not good. In fact, it was one of Lewis's worst qualifyings at Bahrain. He qualified seventh. George qualified sixth. Yeah, one successful for him. Right? Mercedes have every right not to be happy. Can I just Agreed. point out that it, there was a quote from Woody a few years ago that says, you're in a Mercedes, you shouldn't be fighting for eighth. Yes. <laughs> and that quote was directed at the man who finished just behind him, ironically. In, in eighth. In eighth, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, George Russell ended up coming home in seventh. What I will give credit to Mercedes for this weekend was providing us with some very, very good track battles. They seem to be the people everyone was fighting with at certain points of the race. We saw Fernando Alonso fire with them. We saw Valtteri Bottas fire with them. That's about it, really. But that was some good racing we saw there. What I do want to bring up about the racing is if I hear I can ride on board with any driver I want whenever I want by being a SkyQ or SkyGlass customer, they said that eight or nine times through this race. It's the new thing. In every session it was mentioned five or six times like i'm waiting for them to put together some b-reel of joe's crash being like do you want to ride on board with this don't look at me like that that's staying in look it frustrated me mercedes themselves hamilton beat russell i will support that all the time fantastic they've got a lot of work to do i mean Points-wise, they're always going to be there. While the car isn't as good as they want it to be, the positions both drivers have the ability to get themselves into every week is decent. They're sitting in third. Yep, and the, the, this quote from Toto, I think, sums up Mercedes. There's not a single positive thing we can take from this race. We're lacking pace. The drivers have to push, and it's hurting the tyres. Red Bull is on another planet. Aston Martin is the second quickest car. It's a real wake-up call for us. And I mean, Toto couldn't have put it better. You know no. what I mean? Like he, that's absolutely a sum up of Mercedes this weekend. They so thought they were better, title. and they're shit. Is our episode title going to be "We Actually Agree with Toto for Once"? No, it's not. <laughs> it's even. It's a. It's a. Let's move on to second place in the constructors because I think this is where we get the title. Yeah, because you're very excited about it. I'm. I'm even wearing the hat. <laughs> Oh, he's got the hat on. I just know I've got, he's got the, the hat, hat on. You wearing any Roosters gear? Oh, that's for our other show. <laughs> <laughs> Aston Martin. What the fuck, man? Where did this come from? I have a feeling it's come out recently that a number of Red Bull engineers have followed Dan Fallows over to <laughs> Aston Martin. And I don't think they've forgotten how to design a good car. <laughs> no, clearly not. I mean, look, you work for Adrian Newey. You know what you're doing. Plain Helmut Marco said that. He yeah. said he doesn't think. <laughs> that was <laughs> a he? quote from Helmut Marco. <laughs> Who's like the weird 
always there. F- he's I don't know what his actual job is, but he's always there. He's he's there to um nurture and grow the junior crop of drivers. That's what right. Marcos. So he hangs out in F1 with the most dominant team ever. <laughs> um yeah, really really good weekend for Aston Martin. Qualifying, I mean, not as good as we saw some of their results. Fernando Alonso qualified fifth. Lance Stroll qualified eighth. Can I just give you a quote from uh, Fernando to Stroll after this week, after finding out he had surgery 12 days ago? Alonso said, mostly with a gun to his head, you're my fucking hero. Alonso's bad at lying, and also I think Alonso's going to retract that after he watches the replay. Because... (laughs) <laughs> oh, mate. Lap, lap one, Lance Stroll, as we Turn all four. Turn, Turn four. four. Crashed into Fernando Alonso, who, all race, every time he was on the radio, he goes, so yeah, just, uh, just curious, who crashed into me? They wouldn't tell him the whole entire... He asked like four or five times. Ant Davidson came on. They're like, Ant, you're at... You're at race control. What's happening on the radios? And it's like, well, Fernando's still trying to figure out who hit him, and they're not telling him. <laughs> Lance Stroll slammed into the back of Fernando Alonso's rear wheel. And that that really compromised Fernando, because if you look at what Fernando was doing, he was trying to crisscross Hamilton at that point. So not only did he lose, he lost place to the to Woody because of Stroll. Yeah, he could have overtaken and attacked the Ferraris because he had the pace. Oh, dude, this man, if he started in second place, had the pace to possibly stick with Max Verstappen. Maybe not get him, but to stick with him and actually challenge the start of this race. Fernando Alonso is without a doubt one of the best people to ever drive a car on this planet. Holy crap. He's what, 42? 41. As I, so I watched, I watched the episode of Drive to Survive today about Alpine. Okay. Do you want some juicy, juicy backs back uh, backstage goss? Because it wasn't yes, in do. that. It wasn't in that room. You know the room that they film in. It wasn't in there. All right. I, I now I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I'm pretty sure this was shot at the Bahrain. Ah, uh, not the bar. The Hungarian Grand Prix the day after Seb has announced he's retiring. There's a shot of Fernando and Otmar up on a gantry having a chat. And what's picked up is Otmar is like, yeah, man, I'm a man of my word. The contract's coming. It'll be here. If not today, it'll be there tomorrow for you to sign. And Alonzo says, sweet, I'm good to sign it. Just get it to me. Oh, no. (laughs) Within 20, it then cuts to Fernando's birthday on Sunday. And Alpine giving him a happy birthday cake and singing happy birthday to him. Alonso is like really uncomfortably thanking everyone. Because he's signed a contract. He's already <laughs> agreed to come to Aston <laughs> at this point by the look of it. And the sit down. The sit down with Alonso when he sits there and he's like, yep, Lawrence called me. He said, what's the chances of you getting out of the contract? He goes, mate, I haven't even signed it. They sent him a proposal and he, he liked it, so he signed it. And then he goes, bye-bye, I'm the bad guy now, and walks out of the room. <laughs> yeah, and you know what, man? It's nice to see this dude make a good career choice for once. 
we it's, we've got egg on our face, don't we? Because we thought it was the dumbest idea he could have done. Everybody thought it was a dumb idea. Like, did anybody at all last year go, "Oh, Aston Martin's going to be the second best team come next year"? No, no, not at all. I want to talk about Stroll first of all. I will give the man some credit. Broken toe, busted wrists. Good effort getting back in the car. I can see why you wanted to come back so much because that car's making him look really good. Because he already showed in this race that he's not a good driver. <laughs> no. <laughs> Took him four turns. Up. Yep, four turns. He locked up a couple of times, made made some really just lazy errors throughout the course of the race and still came home in what? Six. Six. Fernando Alonso, on the other hand, goes to show pure Pure talent. Some of those lines he was were taking, particularly into turn 10, that really, really sharp one after you come down yep. that little downhill bit, he was taking a different line from most other drivers, most laps, getting on the gas earlier than everybody else and powering down that straight. He made the Mercedes look second rate, which they are, but he made them look it. If his start wasn't compromised by not the best qualifying lap and his teammate, which he now knows who hit him, so it'll be interesting to see what he says in the future. They're um, going to change that uh, button in his car from Ocon to penalize Stroll. Oh, they're not going to change it. He's going to have one more button than every other driver on his steering wheel. He's going to have two penalty buttons. <laughs> like that's it's plain and simple. Fernando Alonso, look, I'm on the hype train. You're on the hype train. The whole world's on the hype train. This is what I want. Got. I want the championship to go to Abu Dhabi and it's Charles and Fernando fighting for it. I mean, I'd be okay with that. I still love Max. I'll always love Max. But can you imagine seeing Fernando Alonso win? Like, he was the epitome of the meme of the dude pouring champagne, ye- yelling, cheering on the podium <laughs> in third place. It was literally him. Like, <laughs> someone edited his face onto that meme. Of course. I mean, there's been so many online <laughs> over the last, what, like, when did the race happen? Like 10 hours ago, I guess. Something yeah. like that. 12, whatever hours ago. Uh, 15 hours ago. 15 hours ago. Fantastic drive. That Aston Martin looks unreal. It looks unreal at the moment. Getting on the podium, awesome. Just awesome. Fernando, so it's no secret Fernando's wanted to win, right? Yep. He has apparently secretly said he can't wait to be challenging for victories in this. He never thought that with Alpine. Not surprised. Not surprised. Like I think he believed he could get podiums in the Alpine. He thought on his day with the luck fell his way, he could get a podium with Alpine. But with Aston, he feels like if luck falls his way, he's going for that. He's going for the dub. Mate, if he, if he pulled out the best qualifying lap, he could have won this. Oh, easily. Like, yes, and let's let's talk 40, about the Red Bulls now. Well, I was just going to say, 41 years old and he doesn't look a day over 21 with his speed. No, not at all. Like, he looks, I want to say, better than he's ever looked in regards to, like, because now he's not angry. Like, Fernando has always been a very polarizing character in the sport. He's never once got a team on side. Dude, he hugged Lawrence Stroll. I don't think Lawrence Stroll even hugged his wife after they conceived his son. That's how good Fernando is. Let's talk about Red Bull. It doesn't get better than that for a team. No battered spouse for this weekend for GP. Max didn't Ugh. want to kill him. He must Ugh. have... Max said it was a lovely drive. 
You know it's good when that happens. Yeah, so, I mean, the story of their weekend is that they were never 100% happy with the car. They were always up there, as they should be, in all the practice sessions and in qualifying. Even the qualifying car they did, they both said that they weren't super stoked with the with the balance of it. And Max didn't have the perfect car. He, he came over the radio a couple of times and said, hey, when I'm downshifting, it's bumping and I don't like it. Like, I'm losing the rear end when I downshift. And they were like, okay, flick to this setting. Flick. I mean... That happened during the race too, didn't it? Yes, yeah, and that's what I'm referencing, the actual through the race. So it wasn't the perfect car that Max wanted, but Red Bull being so good at what they do, just stepping him through different modes to like, hey, see if this works, see if this one works. I mean, he jumped off the line. Checo didn't have the best start. He got swallowed a little bit. A little bit, yeah. But, but he Max, recovered. He he recovered beautifully. Max, Max got the jump, and what, after the second lap, it was like, well... He's run away with it. Like, he looks great. Yeah, it's bu- business as usual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's putting in the work. <laughs> he looked fantastic. Sergio Perez, again, showed why he is such such a brilliant buy for that team. I do believe that Daniel Ricciardo wouldn't have been 11 seconds behind. I reckon he would have been three seconds behind. I think everyone at Red Bull knows that too. And I think, you know, this might have been Checo's last race. I hope. But he did a fantastic job. Could you imagine they dumped Checo because he was 11 seconds behind Max? I mean, they would be batshit insane if they did because, like, oh, he came second and no one looked like he was coming close to Max. Like, that's Toto Wolf's wet dream right there. Yeah. Uh, but, no, Checo had a fantastic race, mate. He did everything he needed to do. He, he got back positions when it was required. His pit strategy was perfect. Same for Max Verstappen. Like, Red Bull traditionally has really bad first races of the year, last year being a particular standout. Yes. Which was a double... Well, I mean, did Checo... Double DNF. Yeah, double DNF. No, yeah. double DNF. Yeah, double we missed DNF. something. What did we miss? Did you note that uh, Nico Hulkenberg received a 15-second time penalty for multiple track violations? That's right. Yeah, no, I didn't bring it up. I completely forgot, but that also probably explains why he took such a tumble towards the end. Yeah, like, I didn't even say that. I just yeah, scrolled down, I was checking something, and I was like, oh, wait, Hulkenberg received a 15-second time penalty for leaving yeah, the track? I, kn- I knew he was getting pinged for track violations throughout the race, and I think that was due to his having a damaged front wing, which just means, like, your braking markers are off, the whole balance of the cars off. Like, I think he was drifting wide where they were checking those things. It must have happened enough times. It was right near the end when they stung him too. Well, he got he got the black and white flag. I remember yeah. seeing the black and white flag, but that was it. Yeah. So, I mean, that probably explains why he was the lap down. No, I think he was the lap down anyway. Okay. Either way, either way, like, it doesn't really affect anything. He was still nowhere near points. At yeah. that time. Yeah, look, nowhere near points, but, you know, maybe he could have, like, pipped De Vries or something like that. And then, you know, Haas getting with a 13-14th is better than a 13-15th. Especially of from course. the start, man. He was right where he needed to be to have, you know, a solid midfield respectable drive, either, like, 9th to 12th, right? That's, that's yeah. where we expect Haas to be. So he was right there for it. It's just unfortunate that the damage affected his race. The way it did, because like, 
I wanted them to do really well, and I still think they will in a lot of tracks, but not not this one clearly. Red Bull, I mean, they they. I take mean, there's the not much to say. They, it, there isn't much to say. What I do want to do is just give everyone a quick one to twenty of the grid because I realised some of the drivers we didn't say where they finished. So from the front, it was Max Verstappen followed by Checo, followed by Alonso, the goat. Followed by Carlos Sainz, Lewis Hamilton, Lance Stroll, George Russell, Valtteri Bottas, Pierre Gasly, and Alex Albon rounding out the top 10. Yuki Tsunoda came in 11th with Logan Sargent, Kevin Magnussen, Nick DeVries, Nico Hülkenberg, Zhou Guan Yu, Lando Norris, Esteban Ocon, Charles Leclerc, and Oscar Piastri. And the last three did not finish. Well... Well, I guess I guess we just need to come up with two winners and two losers from this weekend. Oh, easy. Our champs and our chumps. I was going to say, because my article is titled Winners and Sinners, and I'm halfway through writing it at the moment. And it was oh, like, you, like you're testing one that never went out. It's, it's, I'm still working on that, actually, man. I think it's going to be really helpful for the preseason. It's nearly done. I realized I just was, I, it's like four and a half pages long at this point. It's not good, man. This one is one page and it's really good. I've just, I've realized I just need to like write shit down properly <laughs> and like not waste time with it. However, my, my winners for this weekend. Pick two are, winners and two, cha- two losers. Yep. And so we'll call them champs and chiefs. Champs and chiefs. Okay. First champion is the whole team of Red Bull Racing. Perfect okay. weekend. The second one is Pierre Gasly. Standout okay. drive, and I don't think he's going to get enough credit for how well he did in that car this race. My cheaters. No, Chiefs. McLaren Chiefs. Chiefs. Like the Kansas City Chiefs. Ah, right. They would be, I want to say, McLaren as a whole outfit. Yep. <laughs> Just <laughs> shithouse weekend, complete opposite of Red Bull. And then my individual one would be Esteban Ocon. Esteban Ocon. So for me, my overall winners, I'm going to say Williams. Because not only did they outperform where I thought they'd be, they did. They scored points and both drivers were well within 10 seconds of each other. Fantastic. So it's, it's, it's an absolute win for Williams this, this race. And, of course, my individual is going to the GOAT, the legend, Fernando Alonso, the future world champion. <laughs> because that well, drive was one of the most enjoyable, exciting, and just overall, like, it was pure racing. Because when he fought Hamilton, it was exciting. Whenever he was fighting anyone on the track, you knew that tr- it was going to be a good fight, and it was clean. He left room. Fernando's a winner. He's an absolute champ. Chief, well, well first chief is Alpha Tauri because that car sucks. And <laughs> my my second my second chief is Esteban Ocon because you, I had such little expectations, and yet you still managed to disappoint me. Yep, and. How would you say overall Bahrain was for you this year? Seven out of ten, and it's mainly because of Fernando. I'm giving it an eight. I thought we saw some really good things this week. That's it for our review. I think bit condensed. It was look, very condensed, condensed this year. But 
we've got time constraints and we realize that maybe two and a half hours where we begin a show and we go, well, not much happened. Let's just hear us waffle on. Them's the facts. <laughs> That's pretty uh, much it. We gave you the facts. We gave you the facts. We hope you like them. Please listen to us. Please tell people about us. Follow us on our social medias at Formula Bums everywhere except for Twitter at Bums Formula. We were both asleep, so we didn't tweet last night unless you tweeted because I didn't check. Oh, I did not wake up at fucking 2 a.m. <laughs> um, and I'm not waking up at 4 a.m. in two weeks for Saudi Arabia. I will be. I will be live tweeting because I will be on holidays from work, so I will be available. Lucky if you, you. come and spend a bit of time with me just recycling old memes on the good old Twitter. We don't have a blue check mark because we're not paying eight dollars for it. First of all, how That's how long until you post the the um the standard Ferrari spaghetti in the gun meme that we always posted last year? What well, lap mate, do you predict? What lap did Charles retire on this week? That's when I would have posted it. So <laughs> it would have been two weeks ago. No, this is for this is for um Saudi. Oh, for Saudi. If you're gonna um, if you're getting up, when do you think you're posting that? Oh, free practice three. <laughs> free in a free practice probably yeah a hundred percent i don't it won't take me till we get to the race thank you very much for listening guys i'm glad the sport's back andy's glad the sport's back he's just emotional right now <laughs> if you want to hear why listen to bums on the bench whenever that comes out this week it is me and Josh already messaged. We're like, so we're probably going to give him a few days to cool off. I was like, yeah, we'll probably give him a couple of days to relax before we record uh, that one. <laughs> come over and record it tomorrow. I'm totally cool for it. Okay. Have you got a big pile of Roosters gear out the front on fire? Not yet. <laughs> um, and we will see you. When's the next race, Andy? So the next race is uh, the weekend of the 19th. So not this weekend, next weekend. So, what I'm pro- proposing is we will see you guys next Thursday or Friday, probably Friday, for our preview of the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. And maybe Sounds. a little wrap-up of... Maybe we throw in a little bit of V8s because they're back this weekend. Sounds good to me, my man. Well, thank you very much, Andy. This has been a fun one to make. And I'll talk to you soon, bro. And I'll talk to all, all of right. you guys soon as well. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>